0: Welcome everyone to the .NET MAUI podcast. We're here to keep you up to date with the latest and greatest in .NET client development. We'll talk about some Azure, some Visual Studio, some Blazor, and of course, David's here to talk about some .NET MAUI. I'm Matt Sokup. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm David Ortnow.
1: David with his high energy coming in hot. (laughs) I like how only David gets to talk about .NET MAUI and that's it. Is that how this works?
2: It is not Everybody should be able to, although now my earphones aren't working, so... <laughs> wah, wah.
1: Oh, can you hear us still, David?
2: I can hear you, yeah, yeah. You're just coming out of my speakers instead of out of my AirPods. Oh, beautiful. Must need some second-generation love.
1: Ooh. Well, there was a bunch of Cyber Monday and Black Friday deals, all that stuff. You should have been able to pick up some, Now.
2: Yeah, I could have. Uh, I bought uh, bought some for my wife for her birthday. They actually just came today. Oh, nice. Got the Memoji on the... Uh, on the case, so can't be mistaken um, for anybody else's. That's fancy. Because it's uh, not nearly as exciting as .NET Maui.
1: It is not. There is all sorts of amazing goodness because we had Conf that just okay. wrapped up this month. I can't mm-hmm. believe it's already been like two to three weeks since it happened. Like, I feel like the run-up to it was just wild from the production side of things, Mm -hmm. uh, working close with all the amazing presenters and keynote and all this stuff. And all these really cool state of the platform talks Uh, you and Maddie Mm -hmm. had, a it was kind of unique. It was like, it was like your own mini keynote,
2: David. Yeah, it was a a new format, which I really enjoyed. Um, So, kind of had blocks for each kind of product area or workload, if you will. Um, So, we had the ASP.NET block, we had the the Maui block, and then we had some other stuff. But I was too tired to be able to pay attention to all of the things that happened after. And Matt was there uh, hosting, uh, did a great job. You and Maddie and uh, many other hosts. So, uh, yeah, the State of the Union was was great. Um, You know, able just to really not just talk about what we shipped, which is, you know, important, um, but like how how we actually think about the product, what our vision is for the future a little bit, um, and spent quite a bit of time in our session focusing on customers who actually are using .NET MAUI. Um, so uh, just the tip of the iceberg, really. Um, but uh, we've got some first-party uh, customers we talked about, like the M365 SharePoint admin tool. The Azure app. Um, we had a, a recruiting team out of Atlanta. Um, and then we also had, um, what was the other one? Oh, it was a, uh, like a volunteer, uh, app for people that, uh, have vision impairment. Um, mm. so, uh, you know, some of those were great and, uh, they were all great. Um, and then we also featured some great customer apps too. Some that were mobile, some that were desktop, some that were both. Um, so I'm not going to tell you all about them. Y'all have to go watch the, watch the sessions. I don't want to give it all away. Um, but we had a good time. We wore, uh, Hawaiian shirts. Hopefully the last time that Maddie makes me do that, but you know, <laughs> I don't like Never. to appear to be a parody of something or you know like a caricature. So,
1: uh, um, well, I like the glasses. Also, I will say I got to, um, I got to uh, do some MCing later in the day when there was the twenty four hour on the clock, and Squeaky went all out with like huge glasses and the Hawaiian shirt and talking about the yeah. upgrading from Xamarin to which is one of my favorite sessions because I often, I was talking to Sweaky ahead of time when we were behind the scenes and prepping it. And I was like, man, I get this question all the time, right? Of uh, when I'm at conferences on, you know, on YouTube, just on Twitter, right? I'm sure you do too, Dave. I'm sure we all do, right? Everybody's like, oh, when do I do it? When do I upgrade? It's like, is now the time? Is on at seven the time? Is this the thing? And I said, well, it really depends. You know, it depends on your application. And Suiki had a great session, which really broke down what I've really described to people for a long time with even more bullet points that I took into consideration is, yeah, there's tools. Yeah, there's this stuff. But additionally, you got to think about the 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 ecosystem, your components that you have, the your custom renders that you may have, how you want to migrate those. And, and every app is different. Some apps are more complex. Some aren't as complex. Some are going to migrate over easy. Some of them may not. And the tools are only going to get you so far. And Additionally, you might just want to, I don't know, um, create a new project and drag in files and move things around. That's the approach I'm going to do. I'm going to do a live stream on my, my 10%. I'm taking Fridays off and I'm going to, finally live stream some stuff, which is aka work on my apps and try the cool stuff from .NET Conf in real life, right? Like I want to add maps to one of my apps. I want to migrate some of my desktop apps over so I get WinUI 3, which I'm real excited about and Catalyst UI. And I want to go through that process, but I want all that single project goodness, you know? So I want to take advantage of that stuff, but I'm excited for it. But it was cool to see a lot of the other sessions throughout the day from uh, community members and lots of good stuff on .NET Maui.
2: Yeah, we had some performance-related sessions too, and um, yeah, the uh, the you know the upgrade uh, thing. That my, my main learning so far on that is, folks just need to start, <laughs> just just do it. Um, yeah. There's really yes, uh, you know there may be some libraries that are unavailable right now, but there are alternatives for most of them. So really, uh, you ought not be completely blocked. All your code will continue to work, custom renderers work, Uh, you know, you can move them to the new architecture or you can leave them where they are, effects and behaviors, all that code, all that platform specific code you might have totally still works. So like don't don't be don't be scared, don't be shy. Uh give it a run. You know, I've got a whole list of customers that I keep in regular contact with. Um and uh none of them uh used the upgrade assistant which is coming and will be useful, but they have their apps running in Maui and they're continuing to, you know, either single projectify them or get them shipping. So it's totally doable. Um, I think now is a good time to start doing that. And, uh, you know, our focus really now that we have shipped .NET 7 is the continued uh, quality improvements to the SDK and rolling out more features to the Visual Studio for Mac, which mm. uh, alongside .NET 7 and MAUI also ship GA with MAUI. Uh, support. So we had been in preview in VS Mac for several releases. Now it's GA, uh, so you can feel confident that you you've got the tooling support that can get you all the way to the app stores, the Play stores, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, go for it. Now is the time. The stuff that's not quite there yet on VS Mac, which is worth mentioning is uh, .NET Hot Reload. So for your C Sharp, that's coming. Um, and then you know things like uh, XAML Live Preview, or maybe they'll change it at some point to just Live Preview. Yeah. Uh, just as long as they don't put Hot in the name, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> just Preview would be fine you know, uh, that's good too. App preview. Yeah. That sounds great. Uh, Makes sense to me. Um, so that, that will be coming soon as well, but you actually have now toolbox support. That's something that I actually wasn't even on my radar Mm. that was going to light up in 17.4 visual studio, but both on windows and on Mac, uh, I pulled in my.net seven Maui project and, poof, there was, uh, there was a toolbox, there was a full property panel. And I was like, Oh, sweet. I kind of forgot that, that I, I miss it. <laughs> I can just drag things onto my XAML surface and there's my code. Um, so that was nice. Nice. Um, Yeah, so uh, in terms of Maui, uh, you know, you you got the map. So James, you can go ahead and do that in your upcoming project. Uh, You also for desktop get context menus, you get some hover visual states and gestures, you get a right click gesture, uh, you get uh, tool tips on hover, uh, which is uh, convenient. If you were like, what what does this button do? You can put some additional information there. and accessibility is at a whole new level, so it's easier than ever to make your apps accessible by default. Um, We run that, uh, all of our demo apps, we run uh, through a review process that all Microsoft apps need to go through and be able to pass, um, and MAUI apps pass that. So that's awesome, out of the box. Yeah, so awesome. it was a great, it was a great day. .NET Conf was great. I, you know, it was wonderful to be in uh, Redmond with Maddie and in the studio. Um, we had some cool new camera angles, which I thought were super fun. Um, and uh, the, you know, the reception that we have seen so far from the release has been quite positive. Um, I was actually just looking at some of the the raw numbers and the data, and uh, people are people are digging it. So I'm excited about that.
1: That's great. I think it's a good point too. Is there's a few things um, that also came from that too. Is that the both Visual Studios came out, but I also upgraded the Dynamo workshop that we've talked about before. Did on it seven and made a few code tweaks and we're going through that together. And I was on a call with the team uh, just yesterday, right? And I almost cried because I was like. <laughs> I don't know if you caught me. I almost got choked up, uh, but I was talking about how uh, smooth the whole process was, right? I mean, we, you know, we've we've been doing mobile development for decades plus now at this point, right? And and there's not just like the tooling aspect, the development experience process, but it's the SDK, it's the emulators, it's the whole end to end experience that, and many of those uh, instances are aren't actually things that the the Maui team for the .NET team control, right? This try to integrate into that ecosystem, right? A lot of things are Google and Apple tooling that are there. More tooling from the the WinUI 3 team, right? And the Mac Catalyst the integration too. And what we found in this workshop of all the workshops I've ever done, and David's done some with me, Matt's done some with me. Uh, we've done tons together, right? We've been on stage together presenting these workshops. This is, this is the smoothest workshop that uh, I've ever done. Straight up, and uh, for the people uh, in attending and me presenting, just things were seamless from start to finish, and you know to the point where I, th- I think ninety nine percent of people had stuff up and running. There's always edge cases with policies mm-hmm. and this and that and weird stuff out of control, but for the most part, it was really, really spectacular. And that workshop's up to date and ready to go. And I'm going to be hopefully this fall, fingers crossed, if I holiday hack, I want to add a few modules. I want to add like a monkey map. I want to add some offline database support. I want to add, you know, tooltip support. I was talking to Frank on Merge Conflict and he was just so happy about the um, the .NET MAUI desktop support because he's a .NET you know, desktop developer, especially on the Mac. And he's like, these things seem small, but they're fundamental and really important. So don't scoff at a tooltip, right? It's actually really important. Yeah. You're not, it distinguishes it from the you know, browser-based application and deeply integrating into these contact menus and things like that. And I know Matt, you were part of the student zone at .NET
0: Conf too. And, and that was a really cool thing that I let you talk about that. Yeah. So we ran before .NET Conf the day before, Monday, was a student zone. And what was cool about that is that it went through a, I guess a, what do they call it, nuts to soup application from zero all the way to taking it to a fully baked application. And it did the water consumption app. And so I talked about Blazor, which is not Blazer Hybrid, but Blazor, and uh, how to build a portfolio website. So we started off building a portfolio on GitHub. Portfolio meaning resume. So all the students can go and show all their um, skills that they learned during the conference. But then we had other folks come in, both students and people from Microsoft, go and show off .NET and various other forms like IoT or Mark Blazer or backends and put all of these together in a way that made sense. And when I say makes sense in a way that you'd build the back end first and you put the front end on top of it and uh, build a water consumption app and just throwing in things like IoT and it's showing the students and everybody that .NET is super powerful and it can live everywhere. And so th- that was really neat. And even neater is that we recorded it all. We have all the uh, samples out on GitHub that you can download. And even though we called it the student zone, I think it's, even, it's useful for everybody. Um, and uh, Justin, you, one of my, the people on my team, went ahead and created a dev container on GitHub so you can actually run it all in your browser and uh, through GitHub Codespaces. You don't actually have to provision anything in, on your machine, and which is really nice as well. So, yeah, um, we'll put a link in the show notes so you can go out and watch all the videos. I believe they're probably out there already. And take it all in. So, yeah, so that was really neat as a add-on to uh, .NET Conf, and I think we'll be doing it again most definitely because we got a good good um, reception for that. And I really like how we built everything to be one kind of storyline throughout the day. So you got the deep uh, dives on each topic as we covered, but you throw them all together like little Lego blocks and they became this beautiful Lego something or other (laughs) as you went along. Have you seen the Lego plants that you can put together? Like you can build sunflowers or stuff like that. That's really neat. But anyways, yeah, cool. You're building a Lego sunflower that you can water with your water consumption app that you built during the student zone yeah
1: that's super cool yeah i like that type of stuff and that's sort of i was thinking as i was watching the student zone play out Is some of the stuff that i want to introduce into the Dynamo workshop is like right now we're just like calling uh you know, uh, a static file on the internet? Like, why isn't there a backend? Mm-hmm. Why can't we, you know, add and update things? And actually, you know, Matt, a long time ago, we did that monkey workshop for Xamarin Forms, and we added a, you actually added an Azure function backend and all this other stuff that talked yeah. to databases. And I was like, I need to add that in there. It's just time, you know, but it was cool being inspired to see that end to end. And I think the other part that is really fascinating to what you just talked about is I've been talking to just so many people specifically around... Um, the Blazor hybrid part, right, uh, of it too, which you have a lot of uh, web developers that are looking to go to mobile, right? And you need to mix in a little bit here and there. And actually, Alon and I did a session at .NET Conf was about sh- code sharing strategies, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people think when you get a new .NET MAUI app that all your code is in that project. That's not the case. You know what I mean? We are like, how do you share code with .NET? class libraries, right? How do you share code with web apps like Razor class libraries? And how do you share apps between a Maui app and a Blazor app? Just both of those things, you know, you can easily take that code back and forth. That stuff can live on NUGA, can live here and there, X, Y, Z, and uh, can go. So um, that's mostly been it uh, in general. Um, so it's been pretty cool to kind of see that come to fruition. I've been talking to a lot, a lot of developers in that. So that's been really, really nice uh, to see and kind of come come full circle. So I think that's a story think, that you'll hear more about.
0: I think those are legitimate questions too. Like, how do you share a Razor? Page within a .NET Maui app because way back when I used to get a lot of questions like how do I even call a web service from a Xamarin app and because mm-hmm. when you start thinking about it well a Xamarin app runs on iOS or runs on Android and can you use .NET to even call out to a web service or do we have to do something totally special and so once you get past that you know what you're still using .NET you can use all the .NET paradigms to do that I And mean, it's just as if you're getting into it and you're brand new to it it doesn't seem obvious. Right away, yeah. Um, just because you're not writing a basic web API or something like that, but once you get beyond that and you start understanding how things work, then it is you you get a whole get um used to it. So, like all our listeners are probably they've been building apps for a while and it seems obvious, but as a brand new person getting into it, it might not be 100% obvious all the time. And so, that like a session that you and Ilan gave where you show how to share the uh share the code between, I mean, I think that's very beneficial when you start seeing it. it's like oh yeah that's how it does work and it is just it's net i'm used to this already so yeah.
1: and i want to show too is I'm thinking in the in the in the monkey workshop too, is right now you build your monkey app. But another thing too is imagine like, hey, I want to go and I want to you know build a backend for my app. Like a lot of times people start designing apps and they have static data. You don't have your back end yet, you need to spin that up. But imagine, you know, like what we've kind of showed at the keynote and what I've done in other sessions is we'll take that monkey class and any of your data objects and models. And all you got to do is put that in a class library, you create a new ASP.NET Core Web API, right click, scaffold an API, and boom, you have a whole API that's running locally on your machine. And additionally, what I think is really neat, the story that Safia um, um, talked about with minimal APIs with uh, Julia was all about... Um, that inner loop too. Now they showed kind of connecting up to power platform and APIM. But what I showed at some of my keynotes that I did recently was, hey, I have this web API that I created. All right, when I use that in my Maui app, like let me just use HTTP client, do all this stuff. And then what I'll do is I'll add the dev tunnel Right, because I, I kind of show like, yeah, hey, this is running on localhost. It works fine on Windows, but Android, iOS, stuff like this, this doesn't work great." So I just go, I add Dev Tunnel support to my web API, hit debug, and I have a full URL with HTTPS support, and everything's going to work super nice, right, running locally. So you just do that, you update those applications, and boom, you have your Android emulators all happy, and even the iOS local deployment, aka hot restart, that's also going to work super nice too. So that was like a really cool story to show, kind of seeing that full circle of things come together. So it's a really neat story at the end of the day and sharing that code and talking about that story overall. And I think to the point too, that other people don't realize is once you have those swagger definitions and all this other stuff, um, you can just right click in Visual Studio and you can have Visual Studio create an entire um, um like service for you automatically that ties into the built-in dependency injection. So you can say, hey, spin up a, if it's a monkey app, a monkey client. So instead of you writing all the RESTful service code, you just give it an endpoint. It pulls it all down and handles it for you automatically. So that's really neat. Tool- I think yeah. the tooling sometimes you overlook know, kind of David was talking about earlier is like, forget about the tooling aspect, but it's all there. It's ready to go.
0: And it's the same thing with like connected services that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Like Mm -hmm. that does all of that stuff for you. And just like, I'm afraid of it. I'm like, I'm afraid that way back in the day, like when you had to fight visual studio all the time to make it do things for you, you know, this is years ago that you, you don't have to fight it anymore. You let it be your friend. It's going to do a whole bunch, a whole lot of stuff for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's
1: neat. Oh man. What else is on our list? Um, (laughs) Anything That's else in Donna Maui? David, what's happening? I have one question for you, David. Yeah. So if I get when if there's a if there's a, if there's, a if there's a bug fix mm-hmm. in on GitHub. Because mm-hmm. I, I was I was talking to the team and the team was like, hey, you did a workaround for this thing, it's fixed already. How does that, does that get into .NET 7? Like how how do I know that about where I'm getting an update and how things are trickling down, right? Cause there's, if I update Visual Studio I just get a new version of .NET or how's that work? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so uh, we do ship updates for .NET Maui once a month, um, and it coincides with .NET service releases because uh, you know we are part of .NET. Um, but the the primary mechanism that you're going to get those through is Visual Studio updates. So we're also shipping in concert with Visual Studio. Um, you cannot wait for any of those things and you can go pull that code directly from the PR that fixes your stuff. Um, The handler architecture, depending on where that fix is, makes Mm. it really easy for you to essentially patch your, your app. As, as you're going, and then you can remove those bits of code as you adopt new releases. Wow. So not saying that solution works for every single uh, thing, but uh, I myself uh, did a PR. I've actually been a code contributor to .NET MAUI, which is, I feel very proud about that. I'm not just writing readmes and wikis and docs. <laughs> um, But yeah, I I was able to unblock myself. I don't even remember what the the bug was, Um, but I was able to pull that same code I used in the PR right into my running application, Uh, use the handler overrides that are all available. And uh, that was pretty awesome. So that is the primary way in which you're going to get those releases. Um, And uh, what did the team tell you, James?
1: I don't know i didn't ask them so that's what okay. i'm asking you <laughs> so that's good to know
2: gotcha. I, I wanted to compare my answer with what you might have heard all right gotcha <laughs> no that's no, definitely that is the way it's happening i will say that um for those who've been around a while you know you, you use xamarin forms you're used to a a different pattern you're used to being able to grab nougat packages for for the majority of the fixes that you're waiting for that wouldn't be the case uh, in xamarin with android and ios and things that are in those places because you have to Mm -hmm. get the installers. So you you pretty much were always coupled to Visual Studio for those releases. We are uh, investigating um, what we can do to break more of the Maui bits into NuGet package so that we have more flexibility, um, not just in how and when we ship, irrespective of .NET and Visual Studio, but um, also so that on a PR, for example, uh, you can grab that NuGet artifact right from there and bring that into your application. And you'll also have slightly more specific control of the versioning of your Maui library, essentially, that you would be depending upon. But we're not yet there on that. Um, We need to, you know... Have more discussion about that. If that's something that y'all listening uh, would be eager to see, uh, let us know. You know, I think in the long run, um, you know, as we become more stable, as more bugs are fixed, and you know, uh, we get to where we expect to be in the upcoming months, the desire to have NuGet packages all over the place may not be as acute because you know what's in the box works. Right? Like and you don't you're not scrambling to to grab a a NuGet package every single day. Um once a month updates is sufficient. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Nice.
1: I also want to remind people too, something kind of autodonnet conf that I think is relevant to this of Things ship in the box, things can be patched in the box without updating the box, but there's an ecosystem around, right? I think one of the cool parts that you and Maddie talked about in your session was oh, there's a squirrel on my neighbor's roof. That's great. <laughs> Anyways. Um, um just like doing what's it doing over there. It's being, being <laughs> tricky squirrels up to no good, but there's a great community, right? You're talking about all the libraries that have been updated, things that have mm-hmm. been made specifically for Donet MAUI and things like shiny are a great example where there's not like new templates There's all this new stuff, but also the Donet MAUI community toolkit, people sort of, you know, maybe aren't thinking about this, but they just came out with version 3.0. Um, and Kim Philpotts just put out a blog post, um, even it's not even out right now when we're recording, but I got to review it and it comes out on the first, yeah. which is when this podcast will be out, um, or sometime basically, but they added expander, a new dock layout, state cont- container, there's Tizen support. Mm-hmm. It's built off of Don seven. Um, they've been really working on it. It's been really cool to see. And, um, you know, I think that type of stuff is you want to see some new controls or new things inside of it. This is a great ecosystem to, to plug into. And it's been the same. Mm-hmm. I've been watching what the, the windows community toolkit's been doing over there too. And that's been pretty neat to see as well. And Ooh, you know, the other thing is this ecosystem. I started, now. I've been pitching this in a different way. I, in my Maui session, I don't know if you, if you will agree with me, David and Matt, but mm-hmm. I, I put inspired from conf. I, I put a whole section on my most recent Donnet Maui talk is Donnet Maui as a platform. <laughs> And I say that because of this. If you think of Blazor Hybrid, Blazor Hybrid is a Blazor technology that integrates to .NET MAUI as a platform to integrate in with. And our friends over at Avalonia, which is another cross-platform UI framework um, built on .NET, more around WPF, they've also built and integrated into .NET MAUI as a platform. So you could bring Avalonia views into .NET MAUI. This means you can bring the best of the web the Best of native with Donna Maui and the best of like a self-drawn ecosystem and crazy things that they're doing over there into a single app as an app, pl- app platform. So I really think is that because when you think about it, under the hood, that iOS Android bit is mm-hmm. the plat is is the core platform. But Donn Maui is this cross-platform platform, if you will, built on top of it. But Don MAUI as a platform for other folks to integrate into. And we've been doing this with the Nuggets and plugins and things like that, but I think of it more as what else could be out there, right? Is there going to be like a react, you know, an angular, you know, something you know, something else out there, right? Like who Mm -hmm. else can bring some stuff into this ecosystem? And that's not bad because hybrid apps are everywhere. Open your phone one yeah. even knows what's in applications anymore? It's bananas, right? Who <laughs> even knows? It's yeah, I mean you open like I was what was I doing? I was like, open up the app store, right? I'm like, right, let me open the most popular apps, right? Mm-hmm. I open up, you know, uh, YouTube, right? I'm, let me just open, you know, the YouTube app. It is, you know. 350 megabytes or whatever, right? 286 megabytes, right? Who knows how many different pieces of technology is in that thing? You know what yeah. I mean? Open up Facebook, like 5 billion terabytes of data to install the Facebook app, right? <laughs> don't open Facebook. Don't yeah. do that. Well, I don't have an install, but you know, I like to look to see how it's growing. <laughs> but it's all sorts of different things. And that's okay. It, I think, you know, the mindset, even of myself over the years have changed a lot. And I think it's okay. There's a lot of different developers that built, and need to ship different apps and just do it. You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I I think it's great that you can, uh, from Maui as a platform. So I do agree. I do agree with you in that perspective of what you're sharing. Um, I also agree with it from the standpoint of like, we need to, we need to do what we do best. Um, and for the most part, that is supplying the foundation upon which other things can build, um, such as Avalonia and Uno and, uh, Maui reactor and, uh, Uh, Several other, um, you know, app framework models that have sprung up on top. Fabulous comes to mind. Um, So you know, we can leverage the innovation of the entire ecosystem. Like we don't have to build everything and we really shouldn't be building everything. Um, the Avalonia stuff, I definitely think is super exciting. Um, and you know, similar things could happen with any of those others that I just mentioned. Um, but you know, they've got a rich, uh, history of WPF kind of XAML centric X, binding and all these things that uh, certain segments of developers have grown up loving and are very productive with. And there's no reason you couldn't use them in Maui. Um, but you know we can't support four different flavors of doing data binding and, and control templating and styling and all those sorts of things. What we can do is we can make it easy for you to integrate Avalonia controls and ways of doing things in Maui. Um, so it's been awesome to see the collaboration that's happened over just a very short, brief period of time um, that has enabled the, the the prototypes that are out there now. So uh, definitely highlight or uh, recommend folks check out Mike James's presentation from .NET Conf. Um, the whole presentation is good, but at the very end is where he shows off and talks about the Maui-Avalonia collaboration. Um, um, and, you know, additional work has, has happened since to say, okay, well, how can we uh, make our data binding work with Avalonia controls? How can we make Avalonia's data binding work in a Maui context? Things like that. So, um, you know, the more that we can all be working together, I think, enriches the whole ecosystem. You mentioned Angular, uh, Progress Telerik, uh, and the team over there has shown several times uh, Angular apps running in a... A hybrid Maui scenario, um, which I think is very interesting, debugging and the whole you know web tools integration and all the things that you you also see with Blazer, um, but uh, definitely uh, I've seen some some companies jumping on the Blazor hybrid uh, solution for their applications and that's really. It's exciting to see those additional ways of building your apps. Uh, and people using the skills that they know and love. Like, you know, we don't want to force everybody to to learn XAML. And, and for the for that matter, you don't have to use XAML at all. You can use C sharp and some beautiful C sharp extension methods. And uh, you can even go the Maori reactor way. So many different ways to do it.
1: Yeah, I really need to incorporate. Into my slide deck, so maybe David can help me here because I'm not really good at at C sharp first UI. But he had a great blog post that we talked about about enabling the hot reload and doing all the stuff in there. And I think one thing that I do get questions about afterwards is that is that point right? Is like, hey, you know, how do I? You don't know, want to do more of a you know C sharp first approach, blah blah. What's in there? And I think that actually just in every presentation that anybody does, we should be like, you can build it in XAML, you can build it in C-Sharp and hey, there's an entire ecosystem of C-Sharp with the extensions or the reactor or whatever. Like yeah, you can do whatever you want, right? This is really great. And a lot of that stuff is fully supported. You know, the, the, the C-Sharp markup extensions is part of the community toolkit stuff and that's fully supported. So give it, you know, look, I'm excited to see where that goes. Long term, And it probably works really well for my apps because most of my apps are just big numbers on a screen. So I think that'll, <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, I, I think do. that's it's the flexibility, right? And, and yeah. going there. And I think as more developers are looking at different options, they're either coming from the web or they're looking at other competitors or looking at what we're doing and mm-hmm. what's in the ecosystem and, you know, looking there. And I, th- I think that everyone else is looking at that too, right? I think it's not just the .NET MAUI team, but all the other teams in the .NET ecosystem are looking at that. I've seen what Uno and Avalonia are doing, right? It's a better together scenario as we evolve together to get more developers using .NET to grow the ecosystem together, right? And if you look at the web, I I told some of the comments, I said, look at the web. Right? The web is a vast ecosystem of many, many things. Even in ASP.NET Core, you got Razor Pages, you got MVC, you got MVC with Angular, MVC with React, you got Blazor UI. Yeah, and that's just in .NET world. You know, go over here, you got Nuxt and Next and this and that and so many. You got, you got. This CSS and Bootstrap, but this thing, all these other things, right? So choose your own adventure. What are they using at the end of the day? JavaScript, you know. What are we hoping that people use at the end of the day? .Net, right? And uh, and deploy gracefully out to the different scenarios. So it's about it's about choice at the end of the day, and hopefully that what we're talking about this base platform is it gives you a great platform that's there. But kind of as we were talking about earlier is. It's not just about building mobile apps, it's about building an ecosystem for you and your company and your business, right? I was just talking to Jeff on my team and he was upgrading some Azure Functions because part of his stuff mm-hmm. runs on Azure Functions, right? He's not a back-end expert. he's a you know front end developer, but also needs to do backend. And he's also really interested in now doing Blazor hybrid stuff because I also do need to mobile app. You know, it's, it's that shareability and that knowledge share that I think is, is why I love this ecosystem. Right. And yeah. I wrote a blog years ago, why I fell in love with C sharpen.net and Xamarin and all this I stuff. Remember. And why I still love it to this day.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we've gotten to the point here where we're actually talking about innovations and collaborations and new things. Whereas in previous podcasts, it was like, you know, can we just ship on the same day as yeah. the rest of, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think it's awesome. And it's a marker of, you know, the progress that has been made by our awesome teams that, uh, you know, we did we didn't hit the .net 6 ship date with maui it shipped in may as opposed to november of last year but .net 7 7- we shipped on the same day. Uh, not only that, but if everybody's been noticing VS Mac and VS on Windows are shipping on the same schedule now, and they even have the same version numbers. And so the alignment, uh, the the state of the maturity of, of the whole ecosystem, it's coming together. And I'm I'm so pleased or chuffed, as the British might say, I guess, Um, which I don't know why I brought the British into it, probably because Chris Hardy (laughs) is in my chat over here talking about football. Um, But uh, that that we're now at a place where we're not just talking about, uh, is this feature going to light up and it's a fundamental thing, et cetera, which we certainly have our SDK uh, quality things I mentioned earlier that we're working on. But... Now we're talking about what more can be done. What other opportunities are out there for us to explore? Um and that's pretty exciting because that's where we all as developers love to live for the most part, right? Like let's go. Let's go make some new stuff or like, you know, conceive of ways to leverage more together. Um so, I'm excited for next year. It's almost I almost feel like I should be writing some New Year's resolutions or, you know, some plans for the the vision for 2023.
1: Definitely true. It's definitely true. There's so much there. I mean, it's, I mean, roadmap, right? Like what's next? What's the, yeah. you know, the, the, maybe we'll talk about that in January when you come back, cause you can reflect on mm-hmm. over the holiday break. And then we, we see what the teams do. Cause you know, done 88 planning. It's already, it's already happened Done it. It's already, yeah. things are happening. I saw recently yeah. in, that's why I was asking about that on s seven stuff, because the new PRs, the work that's being done they're being committed into .net 8 and being backported into .net 7. And I saw a little .net 8 bot that's like, "Oh, it's in the .net 8." I was like, "Whoa, wait a second. What's going on here?"
2: Yeah, it's building and running. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, which again, progress. It took us a really it was it was not as easy as you would imagine. Once we shipped .NET 6, to then get up and building on .NET 7 for our, you know, Android, iOS and Maui stuff. Uh, and you know, we didn't actually include Maui in the previews of Seven until mm-hmm. very late, yeah, because it was just so hard to get everything working. So the fact that here we are, boom, right after .NET Seven ships, we have .NET Eight builds working. That's huge. How much more are we going to be able to accomplish over this next period of time, by which you know, when .NET Eight ships, it's going to be it's um it's awesome progress.
1: I agree. All right. Well, anything else y'all want to talk about for latest news releases, anything like that? Or we crush it like where this conversation has gone.
0: We crushed it. Just a couple of things I want to call out is you have to check out the other. I think we had two other uh, um, sessions in the .NET Conf desktop and mobile pillar. Mm hmm. John, Jonathan Peppers, Shane Newville, and of course, James and you and Elon gave a session. Peppers talked about performance. Shane talked about desktop. Both got to check them out. And of course, James and you and Elon talked about code sharing and uh, hybrid apps. So... Yeah, totally worth seeing them all. And of course, David and Maddie's session, the the state of mobile and desktop. And you also have to check out David's like last five minutes. Like he has a soaring inspirational speech at the end of his. Oh my Yeah. <laughs> so, I should
2: probably go watch that again and see what. Uh, yeah. Rediscover Anytime you're, you're feeling down, said. like you, you need motivation, you got to watch it. <laughs>
1: So. That's funny. That's great. Uh, why don't you hit us with some Azure goodness? Because I'm actually excited about this first one because it applies to some stuff I did recently, Matt.
0: Yeah. So um, I was looking around like, so what can we talk about about Azure? And, and I saw that uh, there is an Azure Friday on Bicep. And authoring bicep files. And I was thinking about, you know what I did for .NET Comp. I had a session, too, where it was the whirlwind tour of .NET with Azure. And I talked about, I don't know how many Azure services in there, like seven or eight of them. And in order to deploy that many Azure services, you could either, one, do them by hand, two, use Azure ARM templates, Azure Resource Manager templates, or bicep files. And so what bicep files are, they're kind of sort of like Azure resource ARM templates, but they're a little more succinct. And what they do is that you pretty much describe what you want to have for your end state of your deployment. So you say, all right, I'm going to have some Azure functions. I want to have some Azure container apps. I'm going to have storage. I'm going to have some app services, whatever. You describe it. And then Azure, the deployment kind of takes care of the dependencies for you. So it's size already. I'm gonna put that storage account for first before I build this the functions account. So it kind of it's smart about the deployment for you. And you also have a bunch of a uh, functions that are built into this um, bicep language, so to speak. So you can get at like string concatenation or you can build up um, random strings or find out what your subscription is. So your tenant ID all that other good stuff. And yeah, so there is an Azure Friday on it. It's a long one, it's like a half hour long where uh, Scott and his guests go through all about authoring and deploying with Bicep and it's totally worth watching. And we have Bicep learn modules and everything. So if you've done ARM templates before, Move to Bicep if you can, because it's night and day of how better it is to uh, run with Bicep. And Bicep has IntelliSense and full support in Visual Studio and VS Code as well. So, yeah.
1: That's cool. We actually just went through Marcus on the um, testing side, uh, PM over there. He just went through and updated the .NET podcast app. He had some playwright tests for the web, but he updated the... Um, ARM templates that we were using to BICEP templates um, or BICEP files. And that was cool. So you can actually see a before and after if you went to the .NET mm-hmm. Podcast app repo. There's a bunch of stuff. We're just finalizing all the stuff that we did in the keynote and putting it in there. So that's kind of cool. But it's in the main main line. So you can see it there. So that's kind of nice uh, to see those side by side. So yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And it's super neat. The, uh, the talk I gave, like I said, like seven different services. And I have a BICEP file. And using the Azure developer CLI. So you can just do AZD once you mm. get this developer CLI installed, AZD provision, and it takes care of installing all those Azure services for you. So you don't have to worry about doing it manually. And it's just a pain when you have to remember, right, I've got to install X first and then Y and then Z. Just have the Bicep file take care of it all for you. Nice. I love it. Yeah. And quick Azure service of the month so we don't break the streak form recognizer. So talking about things, uh, it's an like Azure cognitive service. And what's neat about this, this one is that, um, you kind of take a photo of, let's say a receipt, and then it kind of breaks it down for you. So like if you're doing expenses, like David just traveled the Redmond and has all his high end restaurant expenses and high end hotel expenses that he has to put through, you <laughs> <No. laughs> can take photos of it. And, um, what it does, it'll break it down like line items for you. you. Obviously, you have to train the model a little bit, but it can say, all right, you know, he, you know, $500 on appetizers that David put through and you know, stuff like that, where it, it gets the lines down. So things like invoices or, um, like I said, receipts or even um, um, like reports. So like think of tax forms and stuff like that that you have coming through that uh, you can do um, um, image recognition with and then break them down into regular text and throw them in a database or something like that. So it's real easy to use because it's a cognitive service. So it's like a, an abstraction around um, low level
2: ML. Oh, nice. So
0: yeah, check it out.
2: Very Just, cool. Yeah. Nice. I no, usually have a pick I did of the not pod. stay at any. I did not stay at any high rolling anything <laughs> during that trip. As a matter of fact, I had a flat tire that I drove on for like I don't know how long. Oh, damn, I had to trade that thing in on another one. But uh, if anybody's in the market for an EV, I highly recommend the uh, Kia Nero EV, the new one. Uh, it was it was a good. It was not the one that had the flat tire. It was the, thought, it was yeah. the replacement. Um, and it's great Be- and. I learned that on the Microsoft campus once you register you can charge for free in any of the any of the garages so oh. that was great that's awesome.
1: I recently also had flat tire, but I didn't get completely flat. I kept like getting low. So I actually have like a you know, pump in my, like a Roby like pump or whatever. So I just keep filling it up. Like the little light would come on. I'm like, I'm just going to fill it up. But like every, every, like, it would go down by a few PSI, like every week. And I was like, yeah, something's definitely wrong. But I went to the Le Schwab and they're like, oh, we're super busy. So like when we did a road trip, I was like, I'm just going to go to this Le Schwab. And they're like, two of your tires have nails in them. And I was like, oh, and I was like, well, that's, that's good to know. And they're like, and they plugged them up. You know, like and it's very fascinating how that all works. But I was just like, oh, OK, cool. So at least it wasn't anything like where I need to replace a tire. But I was like, oh, I'm just, just kind of just rolling on these tires that are slowly draining. Hope I don't hit something bad. But I, like, I'd gone like thousands of miles, you know, like driving around. And I was like, OK, I should probably actually get this thing checked out. So yeah, check out your tires and your oil. Well, I guess you don't have any oil because there's no engine in that car.
2: It's not an EV. No. <laughs> Magic.
1: All right. I well, hope everyone has happy holidays. I think we're doing a December one. I think this is the last one. This is November, December, end of yep. the year celebration.
2: Yeah. Well, I hope
1: everyone has a great <laughs> holiday.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and too. hope you too do too. Yeah. All right.
1: Thanks, well, guys. That's going to do it for this week's podcast, this month's podcast, this year's <laughs> podcast. Check us out at donnaimaipodcast.com. Tweet at us. All the links are in the show notes below. Thanks for listening this year and see you in 2023.